The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 131, 133, and 134. Lord, I am not high-minded. I have no proud looks. I do not exercise myself in great matters, which are too high for me. But I refrain my soul and keep it low, like as a child that is weaned from his mother. Yea, my soul is even as a weaned child. O Israel, trust in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. 133. Behold how good and joyful a thing it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like a precious oil poured, uh, precious oil upon the head that ran down into the beard, even unto Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his clothing. Like as the dew of Hermon, which fell upon the hill of Sion. For there the Lord promised his blessing and life forevermore. Psalm 134 Behold now, praise the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand by night in the house of the Lord, even in the courts of the house of our God. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. A blessing out of Zion. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the second chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure, 
but surely this also is vanity. I said of laughter, madness, and of mirth, what does it accomplish? I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine, while guiding my heart with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. I made my works great. I built myself houses and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men and musical instruments of all kinds. So I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward from all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. Then I turned myself to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who succeeds the king? Only what he has already done. Then I saw that wisdom excels folly, as light excels darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I myself perceived that the same event happens to them all. So I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, it also happens to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, this also is vanity. For there is no more remembrance of the wise than of the fool forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does a wise man die as the fool? Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me, for all is vanity and grasping for the wind. Then I hated all my labor in which I had toiled under the sun, because I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Yet he will rule over all my labor in which I toiled, and in which I have shown myself wise under the sun. This also is vanity. All the labor in which I had toiled under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge, and skill. Yet he must leave his heritage to a man who has not labored for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. For what has man for all his labor, and for the striving of his heart with which he has toiled under the sun? For all his days are sorrowful, and his work burdensome. Even in the night his heart takes no rest. This also is vanity. Nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This also, I saw, was from the hand of God. For who can eat or who can have enjoyment more than I? For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is sight. But to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting, that he may give to him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord 
and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart, exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 16th verse of the 19th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good, one that is God? But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you, therefore what shall we have? So Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters, or father or mother, or wife or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also I thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Evening to all. Little thoughts about our... Um, a wondrous set of lessons tonight. Uh, first of all, in the psalm readings for tonight, we are given three psalms to form a kind of triptych, um, and it's best to look at them as they weigh in on each other, um, as they're all brief but um, but, but profound uh, psalms. Psalm 131 uh, concerns a prayer of simplicity, uh, where the psalmist reoccupies the um, the kind of disposition of a child. Um, a weaned child, right? A child that is um, that has been nurtured uh, and is is growing, but yet has much growing to do. Um, and this is a uh, this is a beautiful image uh, of uh, of humility um, that is that that we get in this psalm. Um, and it starts uh, starts off this trio of psalms on a tone of simplicity. Um, and simplicity is something that really all of these lessons tonight um, go on to unfold. Um, and then we'll, we'll we'll develop it as we go through the lessons, but that's that's what kicks it off. And then as we proceed to there, we go from simplicity to um, the joy of unity and fellowship. Um, there being both a kind of um, a, a withdrawing of the um, of all of our personas that we can see in Psalm 131, but then in 133 we see um, and we move from that that posture of the heart to a return to um, the, to a joy in fellowship. And I think that there's there's a real wisdom in how these psalms are set next to each other um, in the lectionary, especially tonight. That we we you know as when we, as we practice this kind of humility, we find that um, you know a deep abiding and fulfilling fellowship actually becomes possible again. Um, that oftentimes we miss out on a lot of the fruits and joy of fellowship because um, there's not enough room in the room uh, because of our, um, our 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 big headedness or at least you know, the room gets can get kind of haunted by all the little ghosty ego uh, projections that kind of run around um, and that we send out uh, to um, shield us 
from actually being known by another and actually knowing them. Um, and so in these two psalms, these two simple psalms, we have a, a great um, a, a great sort of reorientation of the heart that is reflected there. First of all, first of all, in that simplicity of self, right? Lord, I am not high-minded. Um, you know, I do not concern myself with things that are too great for me. Um, rather, I am like a, you know, like a, my soul is like a weaned child. It awaits nurture. It awaits instruction. It awaits growth. Um, and likewise, I do so in fellowship. Um, which is um, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And then in 134, we have um, a kind of uh, return to quietness, um, what we might call it. 134 is a night greeting um, to the Levites and priests of the temple um, whose shift was the middle of the night. Um, and this is a this is, you know, kind of the unspoken side of temple life is that, you know, um, in the absence of, of running current electricity, you had to have someone who kept the fires going. Um, and there was a whole, you know, uh, order of servants of the temple whose main duties were not to, um, you know, to be sort of public facing during the day when the temple was crowded with people making sacrifices and going to get their diseases certified and, and all these sorts of things that the temple facilitated to be instructed and to be catechized, all these things. Uh, there, there, you know, there is a job of just kind of trimming the wicks and keeping the fires burning. Um, and this uh, prayer in 134 is, a, is this, this kind of quietness um, that is away from the bustle of things. Um, I find it always um, touches me deeply in the heart when I come back to 134 because it's it's this image of, you know, sometimes, you know, you can envision temple life like church life. It, it sometimes can, um, sometimes the, you know, we can we can trade out that the, the busyness in certain seasons can, uh, can, you know, make us think that that's really what the work is. But really, 134 restores us to the sense that the real work of the temple is to be that house of prayer. And that's perhaps nowhere more evident than the fact that when everyone else who makes use of the temple is asleep, um, there's still a person there keeping the fire lit um, and praying. And that's a beautiful remnant image of, of faithfulness. And so as we take these in a trio here, we get this image of, of simplicity, of fellowship, and of quietness. And we take that into um, our Ecclesiastes lesson. Ecclesiastes is a, is a very difficult book in the Bible, mainly because it exists seemingly to um, to speak back to, to talk back to the proverbial wisdom of Proverbs and um, uh, of some, some points of the Psalms, but the other wisdom books that are more sort of what we might call constructive. Um, Ecclesiastes gives us the alternate, you know, or the, the voice that says, but it's not always that way. Whereas Proverbs says, you know, by and large, like if we do this, then this happens. And if we're this way, then we can expect life to be this way. And Ecclesiastes comes along and says, ah, but, you know, life continually proves itself to be much more complicated than that. And in tonight's chapter, we get this uh, image of that, you know, we uh, that dispels a kind of myth in, in um, you know, sort of pious thinking um, that possess, possession or dispossession are, are either of which more blessed states. And the wisdom writer, the, the preacher of Ecclesiastes, he tells us that in wealth, there is um, there in, in great possessions and in no possessions and dispossession, um, there is um, there is both a kind of. A blessing and there's a kind of misery um, because there is in wealth um, a blessing of, of you know having a tangible sense of being provided for but there's also the danger of over attachment to things and things that delude the heart into thinking that the person who possesses those things is self-sufficient 
and on the other hand, dispossession and having little um, gives us the uh, you know the benefit of of not getting too attached to things or or having more tangible ways um, to know that these things are fleeting, which is a gift, but also comes with the trial of of being tempted by the desire for great wealth and the desire for um, a kind of self sufficiency. Um, and also um, it tempts us with also practical temptations of of being dishonest in getting what we think we need and securing uh, provision for ourselves. Um, you know, it, it becomes more tempting in seasons of scarcity to do those things. So in both states, there's something that um, can there's a there's a kind of consolation and a kind of temptation that has to be confronted. Um, and it's really through that lens that we can understand why this episode of the rich young ruler is significant to particularly to Jesus's disciples um, who who look at the rich young man, uh, you know, and and Jesus tells him that, you know, having having seen and known what is in him, sees that he has kept all these commandments, but knows that they're in the in the keeping of these these command and the commands that he cites. There is yet something in his heart that has a grip over him, and it is this attachment to his possessions. And so. You know, like Jesus does in all of our lives, eventually he goes to confront the thing that has the strongest hold over us. Um, and so he's, when he asks him to give this thing away, the, the man goes away sorrowful because he has been confronted in the place in his heart where he is, he is most attached to something and where, that, where there's as much of an impasse as there will be for him in whether to follow Jesus or not. And the disciples, you know, in hearing Jesus's, you know, statement that it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than for the rich to enter the kingdom, you know, they're astonished and aghast at this too. And one could ask, you know, well, generally these people didn't have great possessions, or a lot of them didn't. So why are they so worried about this? And and the, you know, it's suggestive that um, they're worried about this because, you know, as much as it confronts in the person who has a lot, it also confronts in the in the heart of those who desire a lot. Um, these things and possessions can have um, a tremendous hold over us, even when we do not possess them, um, bizarrely. Um, and yet Jesus redefines this whole thing again, not as a not as, you know, saying dispossession is obviously blessed and possession is obviously cursed. He again points us back to the wisdom of saying in both of these, there is a temptation in both of these. There is a, a there is a sign of God's goodwill for us to be enjoyed. And yet what he calls everyone to is not to just mere dispossession, but rather to what we might call a self-surrender for his sake and in his name. And that is where blessing truly is to be found. And so what it calls us forth into is, again, simplicity to fix our eyes solely on him, to be willing to give anything for him, though, not to give up things simply for the sake of giving them up, but rather that we weaken attachment so that we might be in love. That we we can uh, how how hard things hold, how, how much of a hold things have on us so that we might uh, move forward move toward someone move toward something um, and in this case that's what Jesus concludes on is that there is something to apprehend here that is worthy of relinquishing our hold on anything else um, and again that doesn't call us to a kind of flat um, you know disdain for possession it just it calls us into something. That it to possess requires us to be willing to and often to say no to many things in order to say a resounding significant yes. So in that spirit, uh, we return tonight to our prayer and uh, we'll conclude our, our office tonight with the intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. 
Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. And thanks to Barbara and Rochelle, my co-leaders tonight. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Take care. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Father Hayden. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening.